this longing for love is a big part of the journey, the journey of enlightenment, the journey of moksha, the journey of the heart. So the longing when you look out to the world is never really satisfied. The longing of the, trying to fill the longing, the deep longing inside with things or relationships ultimately fails. It ultimately doesn't fulfill you. And we long most of all for happiness and love, especially this time of year, right? We long for love. We long for connection, especially now with the pandemic and the separation from one another that it has caused, right? So this particular version of Hallelujah is by Pentatonics, which it is a really deep song about the longing for connection, the longing for love, and really not understanding what love actually is in the context of enlightenment or moksha, freedom, freedom from the slavery of the mind and the ego. Freedom from the slavery of your mind is really the nature of moksha, liberation, enlightenment. And really the essence of freedom is what's known as agape. Agape is an ancient word for divine love. Divine love is unconditional love. It is the love of the entire universe. It is the love that is alive in your heart, alive in your heart right now, right? But if you're suffering from a feeling of loneliness or you're suffering from the sense that you're not lovable, or unworthy of love, then it's hard to believe that agape, divine love, is here, that it's inside of you right now, waiting for you to notice, waiting for you to discover it, waiting for your attention, right? So agape is divine love, and bhakti is a big part of the process of liberation, is pure devotion, loving the love as love. This is the nature of agape, or bhakti. Right? And really, agape is the bhakti of now, right? The, the bhakti of now is agape. 
because in this moment there's no past and there's no future. There is only the pure presence of now. And when you give your attention to this moment, this moment that is alive with love, then you can experience that you are love in this moment when you block out the past and you block out the future. You can directly experience the agape of now, which is alive in your heart. And what veils that is many unconscious tendencies known as vasanas, gunas, right? These are genetics, the genetics of suffering, which mostly you're unconscious of. You're definitely conscious of your thoughts and your memories and what you're focused on about the future, what you want for the future, what you don't want for the future. You're aware of those things. But mostly what hides the divinity within you is unconscious. You're not aware of it. And so part of the bhakti of now is recognizing that if you're not aware of it, how will you actually address what you're not aware of, right? How will you address what you're not aware of? How will you inquire into that? How will you free yourself from that? And this is where the divine love comes into play, is the recognition that you can't do it by yourself. You can't free yourself from the mind. You can't free yourself from the past or ideas about the future. You can't really free yourself from all of the emotions that roll through your body or the endless movements of your mind. But agape, divine love, is here, and it is always here, always now, always alive, always present, right? But to see that for yourself, you must stop giving your attention to the endless movements of your mind, to the past, to the future. This time travel to the past and the future veils this divine love that's alive inside of you right now. And the sense that you're not lovable or unworthy or worthless, a sense of self-hatred is one of the greatest barriers to this love. It's the invisible veil to agape, the divine love inside. So the willingness to surrender your mind to your heart is the bhakti of now. And when you surrender to that, when you surrender to this moment, 
to this living presence of your heart, then you can see through the illusion of self-hatred and directly experience the divine love inside. So surrender is an essential aspect of moksha because most of what you suffer with is unconscious. It is unknown to you. So this presence of divine love, which is invisible, is vast and intelligent and has tremendous power. Tremendous power, even though it is unseen by your five senses. The presence of omniscience, which we often refer to as God, is alive in your own heart. And it takes the willingness to turn and face yourself to discover what is it within you that is blocking the direct experience of this love? What are you believing about yourself? What are you believing about other people? What are you focused on? Where is your attention? So your mind and ego work in tandem. You actually have to agree with your mind, and it happens so fast, it feels like you haven't really done anything, that there's just this deep sense of worthlessness or self-hatred, but you don't have any role to play in that. It just is there. It's just a pervasive feeling, a negative, sad, depressed kind of feeling. But if you examine it more closely, you can see that you have this inner thought, I'm not lovable, I'm worthless. The secret thought that maybe even your closest friends don't know about. But the ego or the sense of me inside of you must agree with that thought. And it happens so fast, it's actually faster than the speed of light. It's faster than the speed of light. It's instant. And so it just seems like it's this feeling that never goes away. And in many cases, the only way to get rid of that feeling is through drugs or alcohol or distracting yourself by filling your calendar with all kinds of activity to avoid this deep sense that there's something wrong with you. But with the willingness to turn and face it, to really examine it more closely, you can see that this thought actually has no substance. 
But when you agree with the thought, even though it's instant, the instant that you agree with any thought, it generates the associated emotion. So the mind is a generation machine, right? It generates feelings. It generates reactions to your life situations. But when you let go of the mind entirely or you surrender the mind to the heart, to this vast presence alive in your heart, that feeling immediately vanishes when you focus on the source of the feeling, I am me, I am this body, I am this person, I am so-and-so, and and this is my past, and this is what I want for the future. When you stop to see through this inner conversation that you're having with yourself and dive into your heart, then you can experience agape, the divine love that you are, right? This divine love that you are and always will be. And bhakti is such an important aspect of the teaching of Sri Bhagavan Ramana Maharshi. So the mountain path is bhakti, yoga, and jnana yoga, right? This is the practice of love. Bhakti is the practice of love. This is the worship of God as love. And God is this omniscient, intelligent presence with the power to remove all of your unconscious tendencies, which is 95% of what you struggle with every single day. 95% is unconscious. And when you surrender to this invisible, unseen presence, it invites that presence inside, and you start to transform from the inside out. And there is a radical shift in consciousness from the limited point of view of your mind to the vast, indescribable perspective of your heart. And the deeper you fall in love with love, which is this omniscience, This is the nature of bhakti. And the deeper you fall into love, the freer and freer you become from the slavery of your mind. But first you must stop and notice that you're agreeing with your mind, that your mind is what's generating what you're feeling, not the situation you find yourself in. But it's tricky because this happens so quick so fast, it seems like it's the situation that you're currently in until you really pay very close attention 
and realize that it's the thoughts in your mind that you agree with, the memories of the past that you agree with or you try to fix or change that is the cause of the negative emotions you're experiencing. So surrender to the now is the practice of bhakti. And then yana yoga is just the divine wisdom that arises naturally from the heart when you're willing to stop and question the thinker. You know, who is thinking? Who is strategizing? Who is the one that despises this body of you, right? Self-hatred is a kind of despising yourself, not liking yourself, not loving yourself. But in true surrender, there's a possibility for self-love. And it's self-love that sets you free from self-hatred. But when you look in the mirror, can you honestly love yourself exactly as you are? This is the challenge, to see through the outer expression of you, to discover the vast eternity of you that is alive in your heart right now. Agape, the bhakti of now, is to discover for yourself that you are this love that is alive in your heart but when you first look in your heart, there might be a tremendous fear that arises or a feeling of despair or a sense of hopelessness. This is the veil of self-hatred that hides the love that agape is. You are agape which is unconditional. This is not human love. Human love is always conditional. I'll love you if you take out the trash. I'll love you if you love me back. I'll love you if you're nice to me. But agape is unconditional love. It's not tied to anything. There's no expectation of getting something back. The presence is love. It is love. No strings attached. And so when you fall into your heart and love, it annihilates the story that creeps you trapped in the mental realm of your mind and the story of your mind and the fight to be right about whatever it is that you're thinking. So really, agape is letting go of the mind and falling deep, deep inside 
your own heart. And then the love just gets bigger and bigger and bigger. In true devotion, there is a deep love of the divine. And the wisdom to trust the love of the divine over the limited perspective of your mind. But if you're really honest with yourself, you can notice that you trust your mind more than this invisible presence because you can't see it or touch it or feel it. You trust the mind because you always have. But it's this trust of the limited perspective of mind, your mind, that keeps you trapped on the roller coaster of various emotions. One minute you're sad, the next minute you're happy, the next you're really angry. And then there's these deep tendencies known as gunas, which is the pursuit of pleasure, which is the rajasic tendency, or the fight to be right, which is the tamasic tendency or the sattvic tendency, which is to pursue happiness. And usually happiness looks like you need to fix or change your life to get things moving in the direction that you want your life to move, and then maybe you'll be happy. And if you're not fixing your life, you're busy trying to fix your kids or fix your husband, there's this strong tendency in mind to fix with the anticipation or the hope that if I fix this, if I get my life just exactly the way I want it, then I will be happy, which always postpones happiness because if you're trying to fix your life, you're trying to fix something that is in constant change. So how can you fix something that's constantly changing? And if you're trying to fix someone you're in relationship with, if you're trying to fix them, they are also constantly changing. And there's a resistance to the movement to fix or change someone. So when you stop the movement outward to fix or change and recognize that 95% of what you're struggling with is totally unconscious, then perhaps you will be willing to at least try to let go and fall into your heart, into the agape, the divine love that is unconditional. And this love itself has the power to open the inner eye, the inner eye of your divinity. This is a radical shift in consciousness, which is the recognition that you are pure conscious awareness that is free of the mind, free of your circumstances, free of the me that you feel you are, right? Free of the ego, Ego itself is a mirage. It's reflective consciousness. 
you can see through the ego into the presence. The ego itself is the gateway to the divine. When you're willing to dive into the feeling of me and confront it directly, you can see for yourself there is no substance to this me that you think you are. And once you see through the illusion of me, then you enter the realm of agape, divine love, unconditional love. So it's like you're blind when you focus on the mind and you agree with the mind. You're blind to the love. But when you surrender to the love, your eyes are opened to the divinity within, the divinity that you are. And it's the deep recognition of the agape, the divine, unconditional love that you are, is the nature of moksha, to recognize that you are love. And this is pure bhakti. It is amazing grace, right? Amazing grace. When you let go of the mind and you trust the invisible realm alive in your own heart, that agape, that divinity, that purity is who you are. Om Shanti, Shanti, Shanti Om.